Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and get excited fans because today we're chatting all about the Oscar-nominated animated film, Elemental. And when I say we, I mean me and our lovely special correspondent, Miss China. Welcome back, friend. Oh, hi. Hello, hello. Some news was dropped this week, starting with Oscar nominations and the Razzies. And I know we've kind of mentioned this in the past, but this is your favorite time of year. Oh, it's the nerdiest time of the year for me. Exactly. This is your Christmas. Give us a quick rundown on how you prep for Oscar nominations. Oh, man. Okay, so Oscar nomination morning, I am up. Like, I am up. I don't think it was up at like 6 a.m. this year. So my whole body woke up and I'm reading through the nominations. I prep for, I make a whole spreadsheet and then I move it over to a whole document. I have a whole PDF, a beautiful checklist every year that I send out to different people and we knock out as many films as possible before Oscar night. And then we usually have, you and I were together last year for the Oscars. We do right. a multiple charcuterie boards we do wine we do champagne we go all out we have we have an up starting red carpet we have a ballad it's a whole thing for me take it very seriously this year was no different you were the first person to text me on oscar nomination morning and the razzies came out the day before but to be honest i have beef with both the razzies and the oscars right now i do not agree with how they brought up their nominations starting with the Razzies <laughs> nominated Salma Hayek for worst actress in Magic Mike. That is so rude. So yeah. rude. Did, did you see the levels of body work that woman did? That it was an art. She is in her 50s. I want to be yeah. that flexible in my 50s. I can't. I'm in my late 30s right now. And I'm looking at Salma Hayek as goals for flexibility. Okay. Absolutely. Razzies, you got it wrong with Salma Hayek. That's just rude. Her storyline in Magic Mike was solid. And the running theme of Magic Mike, or at least the third Magic Mike movie, is consent. So I'm not sure if it's the messaging that they don't like, but Salma Hayek did an amazing job. And then we have, for worst supporting actor, Michael Douglas and Bill Murray got nominated for Quantumania. Oh, yeah. I did not see that. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm like... Now you guys are just being mean. I don't agree with this. Like, I get Quantum Mania was the first mishap of Phase 5 for Marvel. And I think that they were just yeah. picking and choosing certain characters. I mean, that was just really random in my mind. But then as worst on-screen couple, Salma Hayek and Channing Tatum got nominated. I mean, I will admit it was a weird pairing for sure. But there definitely was chemistry there. There was so much chemistry. And they worked so well with each other. And while I know when Magic Mike 3 first came out, or at least the trailer dropped, we were like, where else can they take this? And then they took it everywhere and started with, again, the underlying theme of consent. And it hits a nerve. I'm biased. We love Magic Mike over here. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Now going into the Oscars, this one hit hard and hit below the belt and was so incredibly unnecessary both Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig did not get nominated in their respective roles, 
while they did get nominated for other categories for Barbie, the world is outraged, as they should be. While Margot Robbie didn't get nominated for Best Actress, she was also a producer on the film, and she got nominated in other categories, along with Best Adapted Screenplay, and as did Greta Gerwig, and... I, it just still hits a nerve. Really happy for those who were nominated. And this isn't me negating anyone who was nominated. I'm not saying they are not worth it. Right. The world is just shocked that these two were intentionally left out of their respective categories. Yeah, I think it's more of a confusion for me, right? If you look at the other, so there are 10 films that are nominated for Best Picture, right? right. And just about all of them are nominated for multiple things. And then you have Barbie, which the main actress is not nominated at all. The director is not nominated at all when the rest of the films, with the exception of one, which I will talk about in a second, was nominated basically every category. Right. Right. And then you have Past Lives, which is probably my favorite, one of my favorite movies of last year. How is a film nominated for Best Picture and then not nominated for any other category? It's like saying, we're going to give you like the frame of the house, but then all the different building blocks to make the house didn't qualify. That just like doesn't make sense to me. Past Lives is a beautiful film. Very happy that it was nominated for Best Picture. Very happy that it was nominated for their writing because the writing is insane. Some of the lines in this movie hit you so hard, but it just doesn't make sense to me. How is all the little things that add up to Best Picture not nominated but it still was nominated for best picture and just stuff like that just was very confusing and i that's kind of where it was with barbie it was like how did barbie get nominated for best picture but the director and the lead actress like the entire movie is about barbie and she is barbie was not nominated granted america ferrera did an amazing job i still cry over that monologue oh every time it pops up on my feed like it is everything that the world and the and the women of the world needs to say in a monologue well Bringing it back to today's episode, what were your initial thoughts on Elemental? I wanted to see it the moment the trailer dropped. Because one, it's Pixar. You know the world is going to be amazing. And my issue with the way this film was rolled out was that there wasn't really much marketing to it. The trailer, the original trailer for it was so vague. Showed off the world and like different parts of the world. And then she was like in a, in a train, I think. It was obviously fire and no one else was fire around her. Super vague. But I was like, Pixar's creating a new world. I'm in. And then I go see it in theaters. Girl, I cried. Cried like so hard in this film. I'm sitting in the movie theater by myself, just bawling my eyes out. This this film hits so hard. It's an immigrant story. It's first generation. I am first generation. My parents are immigrants. They did come here when they were their teenagers and like started a whole life here. The amount I related to every part of Ember and right. how she was living her life and her, her parents were saying to her and all this. Like I just saw my parents and my aunts and uncles and my grandparents. Like I saw them in every single part of it. And like, there were so many moments where I was like, yeah i've been there girl i feel you (laughs) (laughs) it's just so relatable and i cried what about you i did love how this was based off the director's personal life on top of it's very similar to zootopia and inside out in the sense that it hits on really heavy subjects in a very subtle way so if you ever want to and that's what disney and pixar are known for if you want to introduce your kid to a heavy subject pop a Pixar movie in 
the heavy subjects that they covered in Elemental in particular were discrimination and immigration and culture and how not everything is accepted until it is, until you show people how it can be accepted. The foundation of the story is how you have the four elements, earth, wind, water, and fire, and how they've been brought into a society where certain prejudices are formed on why they shouldn't mix, while the moral of the story is how well they obviously complement each other. The film journeys alongside an unlikely pair, Ember and Wade, in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. The fiery young woman and the go-with-the-flow guy are about to discover something elemental, how much they actually have in common. Elemental stars Leah Lewis as Ember, Mamudu Ati as Wade, Ronnie Del Carmen as Bernie, Sheila Ami as Cinder, Catherine O'Hara as Brooke, and Wendy McClendon-Cubby as Gail. All right. I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Always. All right. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not watched Elemental, we are about to spoil it for you. In three words, describe Elemental. So relatable, heartwarming, and emotional. Oh, those are good ones. What about you? I was going to say emotional, cute, and informative. Okay. Mainly because it's, again, you're introducing a younger generation into heavier subjects, but it has its cute moments and like you're trying not to cry and get emotional, but you are. And that's why I chose those three words. Serious question. What was your favorite scene? It would have to be the Vitisseria flower scene when he like takes her to go see it. Girl. If that was not like the best date idea, <laughs> if that was it, I love you for all of time. He took something that was so heartbreaking from her childhood, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is her experiencing discrimination, learning as a very young child that she is different and people don't like her because of it. And that really shaped a lot of not only her identity, but like her, the way her family was acting and like the way her family related to the rest of the world. And he took that and was like, yeah, we're not going to let that be your forever. We're going to change that. You want to see it? We're going to go see it. And he like planned this whole thing, figured out a way to make it happen. Cutest scene. I just, he just made her dream come true. It was adorable. My favorite scene was when, when Wade proves to Ember in the matchmaking reading how they're compatible as, I know. Right. As her mom is like, you see, you light the match. And if you're fire and you are water, you understand water does not make smoke. <laughs> and like she's trying to break it down in the most simplest terms. And he was like, stand by <laughs> and had her fire light his match mm-hmm. where she could do the reading. And she was mi- Cinder was mind blown. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> He was like, wait a minute. He just outsmarted this whole situation. Right. And when she got a whiff of that smoke, she could smell the uh, the compatibility. And she was like, this is a game changer. I can open my like business for everyone. And yeah. like you just saw the wheels turn on top of, you know, how she was just floored with how am I going to explain this to her dad and all the fear and everything else. So, again, you're also dealing with her interracial right. relationships. Also a, a heavy subject. But he just said stand by. I can do this because love is important. <laughs> love conquers all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it just melted my damn heart. It was beautifully written, beautifully executed. Could not get enough of that scene. 
that being said, what caught you off guard? Okay, this is going to be a very my personality one. Okay. Because I am very much Ember in like the fiercely independent to the part where it's probably a downfall of mine. <laughs> Not going to lie. And any any sweetness, like the way Wade is, is just, is just mind-blowing to me, right? So the way that, that he speaks to her in the sense of like, he's so gentle, but he's so like easily pushing her to be better and like to go after what she wants and all that stuff. It's just not really something you see in males in Disney films. Right. They're more like the big, tough, strong prince that's going to slay the dragon, right? He's like crying every three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> He's like so emotional all the time. He just wants like really what's best for her and like generally to push her in the best direction without being the one that's like pulling her and leading her and like you know he's not taking charge he's just gently like okay well like I think you can do this and this is great and I'm here if you need me but I think you should do this and I freaking love that I would have to say again I just wasn't expecting the heavy topics that came out of it because like you the marketing wasn't there the advertising of any kind so I saw a trailer and I was like, same intro to Zootopia, maybe? I don't think any of us knew what this movie was actually about. No, not at all. I did not know what I signed up for. Like I told you, I think I was the one that told you, I was like, yeah, it's emotional. Are you sure? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. It's Oscar nominated. Sign me up. Anywho, I don't regret it, but I was like, hmm, okay, <laughs> here well, we are. It's not like the fun, like little kid running around Monsters University or what you, you know, Monsters <laughs> right. or whatever, right? It's yeah. Not- it's not toys coming to life right (laughs) and like we mentioned earlier this movie was very emotional so what caught you in your feels or what i probably should have asked is what didn't catch you in your feels at this point honestly fair (laughs) so i saw it in theaters Mm -hmm. obviously i told you i cried right i watched it again last to prep to record this with you i still bawled my eyes out (laughs) at the ending scene and I knew what was going to happen. Like, my family background, I'm, you know, I'm Filipino. I come from a culture where, like, my family does have moments where we are very traditional about a lot of gestures and a lot of stuff like that, right? Manompo is, like, we, like, bless our elders and stuff like that. Like, we do that all the time, right? Oh. So the ending scene where, like, they do the bow of respect oh. as she's leaving, I cry so hard at the ending scene with the bow. Like, for you to already know the story of when the dad talked about how, when he left his hometown, and the, his dad refused to do the vows back to him. Right. And to see Ember do it to her dad as she was leaving the family, which oh, which is already a big deal for like children of immigrants. When her dad did the vow back to her, I cried. Like I cried so hard. I cried in the theaters. I cried last night. It was a whole thing. It's just such a, in certain cultures, like it's just not really vocalized feelings. It's just not really part of like how, how we grew up and like the emotions of, yeah, members because you know in other cultures it's it's meant to be more stoic. It's meant to be more like understood, underlined. It was beautiful, and that also caught me in my feels. I was like, oh, and they did it again. Here we go, Pixar, right in the feels. This film plays off of is kind of a visual representation of the director's life story. If you watch the documentary, you will see the director's entire childhood. They go through his, you know, his parents actually did own stores when they came here to America and he worked in those stores with them and he had to, you know, take his own path and go to art and move away from his family and all this stuff. The documentary is beautiful. It talks about how his wife, who is not Korean, okay, what that did to the family and the relationship that she had with his parents. That is all in this film. 
And I also cried during the documentary because there was, I cried so much in this movie. Then he mentions that while they were making this film, he lost both his parents. So his parents never got to see this film come to life. No. I know. I was like, no. I mean, granted, like, making Pixar movies takes, like, years. Like, I get it. But to think about it now, this is an Oscar-nominated movie. In in the documentary, he talks about this moment where he was going to make a presentation. Like, he was winning an award. And Mm -hmm. to see his parents in the audience got him choked up. And I'm sitting here like, could you imagine his parents at the Oscars and their first generation son essentially winning an Oscar for their immigrant story about his parents? It's a love letter to his parents and his family. Ah, right in the field. Imagine that thank you speech. I'm going to cry all over again. But speaking of a possible Oscar win, we did mention that this is, in fact, Oscar nominated and it's got some thick competition. It does. It really does. I've heard great things about Nimona, but mm-hmm. per the award season winning track, yeah. who do you think is going to take it? I think it's going to be Miyazaki. Okay. Just based for Boy and the Heron, just mm-hmm. based on like the fact that it's been winning kind of everything. If, if the Oscars goes as everything else is going, it's probably going to be Miyazaki. And given that this is his, his like first film that went to win a Golden Globe, I, I honestly do feel like it's going to go to Miyazaki. Elemental, if you win, you will see me crying during that thank you speech because if he starts mentioning his parents, oh. I will probably lose it. <laughs> and now it is time for the spotlight of the week. Looking for a quick and honest review on an upcoming movie? Check out Parking Lot Reviews, where our lovely correspondent, Miss China, gives her hot take on a variety of movies the moment she leaves the theater. Follow Parking Lot Reviews on TikTok and Instagram at Parking Lot Reviews. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts for a new, fun, fandom episode of the Fangirls Podcast. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with following Disney, Pixar, or anybody that we mentioned today, especially the director, especially the Oscars, or the Razzies. We're just really big fans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.